is a demon-choked kingdom shrouded in the plague mists, and it lies somewhere between the deepest blunder-beast pit in the ghoul-haunted woodland of Weir and the tallest of the Yargalic spires in the scintillating plateaus of Ulge. It is a fair land where warriors and warlocks battle abominations for treasure and glory. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the great Eldritch Theater Dungeons and Dragons Quarantine Podcast. Hi, ho, everyone, and welcome to the penultimate episode of the Eldritch Theater Dungeons and Dragons Quarantine Podcast. I am. Bum, bum, the bum. D- <laughs> <laughs> Please more. I would like a full fanfare. Thank you very much. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Everyone's punchy already. Oh no! We've all had three drinks waiting for you, for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only pirate tonight. Woo-hoo. <laughs> so I am Michael Ripley, the DM for tonight's shenanigans, and joining me, as per usuals, is. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to give your name and please tell us your character's character's name and a quick thing about you. Why don't we try that this time? So <clears throat> Adriana Prosser, you are playing Ruanit Red Prothro, but you can just call her Red. Yeah, sometimes people call her Ru. And she is a barbarian pirate. I mean, she would like for you to call her a sailor, but we all know that she's a pirate. And uh, she uh, she levels up through drinking and eating chips. So I'll be doing that in the background. <laughs> Very nice. Phil, Phil Rickaby, you are playing. I am playing Vessel. Vessel is a warforged. He is made of wood with opal eyes um, oh. and a heart of gear and uh, famous for his his beautiful musical stylings. That his his mates, his friends, his his companions love to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> Lisa Norton, you are playing who? I'm playing Asiel of Notron, who is a wee tiny five foot tall Asimar cleric from a land afar and a complicated family background. <laughs> and oh, that's so heartwarming to hear even angels have family problems. And <laughs> Eric Wolf, you are playing who? I am playing Amic Fenris Tesh, who is a very elderly halfling barbarian who has been fooled by his uh, elder god uh, warlock patron into believing that he is the reincarnation of a half-elven demigod from ages past. Wait a second, wait a second. He's a barbarian? Sorry, did I say barbarian? No, he's a warlock. I don't know why I said he was a barbarian. I'm so confused why you would say barbarian. No, I love that he was a barbarian. I wish he was, but he's not. He's a half-elven. One of us, one of us. I, I, I want a retcon. You are absolutely a... A former barbarian. I don't know <laughs> what I was thinking. 
All right, librarian. So, no, I didn't say barbarian. I librarian. said librarian. <laughs> he is a halfling librarian. There you go. It's totally confused. Totally. He was a librarian. 100%. He worked. 100%. No, no, no. See, I'm not confused. He worked in the forbidden book section of the old Bosford Library and um, uh, bookmobile. Did I? Mean? And it was, and it was through reading. It was through reading the forbidden books that he summoned this elder creature thing who told him that he wasn't a librarian at all but he was a he was a, a half elf demigod from a, the golden era thousands of years past of course makes perfect sense now i just yeah. always mix up barbarian and librarian i've been doing it <laughs> all true, my life because they're similar jobs <laughs> Excuse me, are you the barbarian here? Can you help me find something in the art section? Leave the Dewey Decimal System alone! (laughs) All right, I'm going to recap now. When last we met our gang of adventurous, adventuresome adventurers, you were walking up the river to the dam, and after a few fleeting glimpses of fabric in the forest, you were approached by a pair of animated stuffed animals, a bear named... Pobear and a piggy named Cutlet. They uh, entreated you to come to their base, the euphemistically named Fort Eviscerate, to meet their f- lovely friend Revelana. And she, it was explained to you, is a seer and, and had information to help you on your mission. So, embracing the narrative chains that I had shackled you with, you followed the stuffies. And when you arrived at the fort, you found that it had been attacked by zombies. So, of course, you attacked. Highlights include charmed zombies dancing and romantic waltz by a suddenly very good, but ironically silent to all but the undead loot playing a vessel. Rue is super good at avoiding exploding zombie ogre brains. Amic's love for a seal seems to be morphing into a deep-seated mistrust. Something secret. Something (laughs) secret. While a seal is beginning to understand why Nesbitt as fodder may not be entirely evil. Right. So with Pitch's help, you freed a pile of frightened uh, stuffies and after a search, sorry, after reading a note from uh, it wasn't signed, you found a secret weapon hiding just outside the fort, a creature I described as a blunder beast. His name is Kyle, which I did not make evident, I don't think. So the note said, if you bring Neferata Kyle, she promises to give you back Revelana. And that's where we stand. So you all wake up to the putrid smell of burning zombie flesh. And a quick oh, I hate the smell of zombies in the morning. It <laughs> smells like flatulence and rotten meat. <laughs> a quick look outside and you see that the stuffies are dragging the last of the zombie courses to a fire that they have set outside of the fort. Uh, Poe Bear comes up and says to you guys, Hey, good morning, sunshines. Don't mind the uh, breakfast barbecue here. Zombies have a habit of getting up after you knock them down, right? If you know what I mean, eh? 
Yeah. Let's you do a headshot. Don't you pay any attention to the stories? Stuffies. <laughs> so you notice that the silk balloon that carried the ogre to the fort has been reinflated, and Cutlet is busy loading books and rocks some heavy-looking stones into the basket, and little portholes have been cut into the side of the basket to allow them to actually see out, you know, to give them a view as they fly. And Cutlet's like, we gotta, we gotta giddy up while the wind is blowing to New Bosford. Refalana spoke of a man from her prophecies, a man who specializes in, in like, in uh, zombies who may be searching for a cure. So, if we're nice, maybe he'll become an ally, right? He lives in the Silver Spire, that kind of resting clock tower on what used to be the university in uh, Old Bosford. And the moment she describes that vessel, you, as a as a resident of <clears throat> Old Bosford, know what she's talking about. The uh, ironically named now Silver Spire is an old clock tower that is rust encrusted looks like it's about to fall down but mm-hmm. it casts it's the tallest building in in your neighborhood and casts a long shadow across the whole of the city is it in new bosford or old bosford if i said new bosford i meant to say old bosford okay you said okay. old bosford yeah it is um it's a clock tower in what used to be the university of the town before everything was abandoned. Mm. So the blunder beast, Kyle, we'll call him because Kyle is easier than blunder beast. He approaches everyone and, and he insists on joining you in your journey to the dam. He escaped from Neferata, but now blames himself for the pain and suffering that's been brought upon the stuffies. He's like, I never should have left Neverada. Like, sure, she's bad, but now she'll kill Revelana if if I don't return. And and she wouldn't think twice about it. I've seen her toss people off of the dam for like spilling wine. She enjoys watching things die. So, why does she want you back with your crazy speech impediment and ugly looks? So. Um, I do have a bit of a speech impediment, sure. It's called a lateral uh, lisp, um, and I'm, I'm working on it. But that is sort of beside the fact. I think that there's something about me, and he takes a little bit of a pause, and he looks you all one by one in the eye, and he says, Neferala, she's creating an army using my design as a template. She's got a whole army of me that are going to attack Bosford. And and he shows you exactly what that means. He, He is, as you look at him, and he's doing this kind of transformer transformation and what I described as a trebuchet you see now is more he 
he looks like a living ballista. Hmm. On his back is a very large looking, almost sort of harpoon launcher. And he points to, it's about 120 feet away from where you are, the old, um, the target mannequin that I described from, from before. And there's this incredibly loud thunk as this harpoon attached to a, a metal cord launches from his back and strikes the mannequin and slams it into the wall behind it. He shrugs his shoulder to the, you know, backwards, and the harpoon dislodges from the wall, leaving a four foot hole. And the carcass, the mannequin is dragged towards you as it kind of is cranked in by the winch connected to the cord. Wow. He explains his bolts are capable at striking from five, ten times that distance that they rend flesh, they destroy armor, and that they will drag enemies out of formations and obliterate multiple people with every strike. You're saying that Ravalana has a whole army like you? Yeah, she does. Oh, a whole army. That's convenient. But what, why does she need you back then? I don't know. Does she need you to make more of her? You? I don't understand. There's so many of me now. Well, we clearly cannot let someone with the powers of Kyle fall into enemy hands. But I have an idea. Cutlet, Pooh Bear, come here. So Cutlet and Pooh Bear come up. Great. So Yeah, what do you want? What do you want there, guy? Shut up. Don't talk. I have a brilliant and cunning plan. <laughs> so I take Pooh Bear... And I put him on Kyle's shoulders. Okay. And I take Cutlet, and I put him on Pooh Bear's shoulders, and then I take I take um, uh, uh, the Warforged's cloak, and I wrap it around them, and then I take Red's hat, and I put it on top of, of, of Cutlet, and say, look, he looks just like a Goliath. Barbarian who is journeying with us. Now watch! The Cthulhu Fatagan. And now I'm going to use to disguise self to transform myself into the form of Kyle. Now we can sneak in to Neferata's camp and she'll never know what hit her. Wait, wait. If you're disguised as Kyle, then she'll kidnap you as soon as we get there. But what good am I? The question that we've been asking from the beginning. <laughs> she can't make more things with me. And, and besides, then I can just help. Then we can destroy her from within because I am a golden god. All right, I'll go along with that. There we are. So as you're, as you're describing this, Kyle is looking very nervous. He's like, uh, He says, that sounds... Really dangerous. Um, be, be quiet. You're hidden in the coat. All right. But here's, here's the thing. She's a very powerful... She's a very powerful magic user. If she suspects, even for a moment, that you are not me, what's to stop her from... I don't know. Killing all the stuffies. 
those. A seal will save them all by sacrificing herself. <laughs> he's got a very, very, very determined look in his eye. And he says, I will not let you sacrifice your life. I am just a stupid little machine. She's got a whole bunch of them. I don't understand. But if it means that I can save one life after creating so many machines, not myself, but you kind of know what it means, right? If I can save your life, if 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 I can avoid her wrath by a because for sure she'll attack the stuffy. She knows that I came here. I have to go. This is something that I have to do. Kyle would yes? would you feel at all comfortable going in in my bag of holding? Oh, um, what does that mean? That means that you would be disguised and I would carry you along and no one would see you with us. How is your disguise better than my disguise? I have two stuffies and a warforged and a coat. Paul Bear's like... How is your plan, you perfidious witch? How is your plan better than my plan? And I'm going up the corner and I'm crossing my arms and I'm going to, like, stew. Okay. Angry. All right, I say we let oh. Kyle decide. Well, before Kyle can say anything, Paul Bear steps away. He says, hey, here's the thing. If this uh, brilliant disguise doesn't work and you guys are taken out, we're going to need help, right? From what Revelana says, this dude, this guy in the Silver Spire there, Revelana says that he knows a lot about the zombies and stuff. If we, if Colin and I go there, we can make sure that if it fails at the dam, we at least got a backup. Am I right? I think you're right. So we send the stuffies to the spire. We put Kyle in the bag of holding and go for a walk to the dam. Whatever you guys want to do, but I really think... Cutlet and I here, we gotta we gotta book it, right? To the spire. To the spire. We gotta bring this guy on board. You know what I'm saying? And Cutlet's like, well, I don't know. Um, they do kind of make some good points, right? I just, you know, why can't we all just be friends and kind of find something that? And Paul Bear walks over to him and gives him a little kick in the behind. <clears throat> you stupid pig. Listen to me for once, would you? Revelana said this. We gotta listen to Revelana for Christ's sake. This is what she wanted. And sure, I said Christ, and he doesn't exist in this realm. (laughs) (laughs) But it felt right in the moment. So he drags he drags Cutlet over the over to the balloon and tosses her inside. And he says, I don't care what you guys do. I barely know you. I know Revelana, and this here, this is what she wanted us to do. So, you guys, go. Disguise yourself. Whatever. We're out of here. And he uh, he chops one of the ropes to um, 
that is holding the basket down and the balloon slowly lifts up into the air. You see Cutlet looking through one of the little makeshift portholes, waving very excitedly <laughs> at you as it this as the balloon rises up into the sky. I should also point out that you don't see any other stuffies around at all. They all seem to have disappeared. Well, that was mm. dramatic. What an exit. Well, Kyle, do you wish to get into the bag? I uh, sure. Um, uh, unfortunately, um, won't like how much air is inside them. Maybe I should get into the bag when we're closer to them, to the place where we're going to the dam. Maybe whatever makes you feel. Wait, you do you breathe air? You breathe? Yes, of course I breathe. Hmm. I'm gonna lean over and say, "You see, you can't trust the Azamar." <laughs> She's trying to kill us all. But I'm going to say it so that nobody else can hear. Uh, uh, what are you saying over there? Did you, are you, nothing, you nothing. Say? Wreck my plan, will you? You'll repent. And I'm saying to myself, why does he hate me? I was just starting to come around to liking this guy. So it is the morning. It is, if you don't mind, I'm going to just zoom us ahead in time here. You are now about, mm, it's maybe five o'clock in the late afternoon. And you are, mm, you're within like mm, 500 feet, like 200 meters of the, uh, of the dam for all of our European and Canadian friends. See how I did that? I'm mixing in the metric and the and the imperial. That's well done. And the, well and done. the That's Jesus, dirty, just dirty. And the Jesus and the, too. The Jesus, it's Every really week. good of you to fit Jesus in there. That way, nobody can say that that um, Dungeons and Dragons is Satan worship. <laughs> okay, so the you guys are at a position where you can see the dam. It looks like a giant factory has been dropped in the riverbed. Smoke blows out of three large smokestacks near the center of the structure. There's a large set of double doors at the base of the dam on the same level as the dry riverbed that you had been walking up to before. The path that has brought you to the dam has been through the woods alongside the river. So you've, uh, you've kept cover. It's guarded by at least one gorilla-like creature. And if you recall from the description of the attack on Fort Eviscerate, it's a large gorilla with what looks like a helmet that has a, a prop on top that allows it to fly uh, slowly through the air. At the top of the dam, protected by what look like more vampire wannabe goths. Oh, no, not them again. <laughs> I hate them so much. Goths again. I hate the goths so much. So 1997. They, make, they fill me with so much rage. One of them is wearing a really, really cool... Nine Inch Nails t-shirt, very kind of ironically neon. 
I hate that guy the most. Oh, he's, he's too young to even know who they are. Look at that. He's trying too hard. He really is. That's why I hate him more. They were my favorite bards before their new stuff and they sold out. <laughs> he and his friends, they appear to be guarding what looks like a supply entrance for things that have been brought upriver. So on the other side of the dam is the actual river. and Sorry, where the river would have flowed but now there is a large lake that fills the valley in the surrounding lowlands north of the dam so there's this flurry of activity uh it looks like something is about to happen there are thugs unloading a barge and rushing the supplies into this we'll, we'll call it a shipping entrance down in the riverbed there's a large swath of tracks that a huge contingent of wheeled things have exited from the fortress and are on their way downriver. There's a cloud of dust actually far off on the horizon that suggests the force might be halfway to the town. Oh no. What do you guys want to do? Well, let's, if it were my plan that you guys ruined, we could just <laughs> sneak right in. We could call them and I could get to rent with Wookiee prisoner gag and it would all be good, but now we've put him in the bag of holding. What are we supposed to do? Right, well, he's... Well, can you still describe... Can't you still disguise yourself as Kyle? Exactly. Yes! Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> ah, I'm Kyle again. Alright, quick! Pretend, make the trade, okay. quick! <laughs> we'll keep Kyle... Safe in the bag. So you want me to go in the bag? Is that it? Uh, I'll go in the bag now. Go in the bag, Kyle. Okay, guys. I'm going in. So he, you open the bag, and uh, he reaches one arm in, and with a twist of his body and some struggling, you actually manage to fit him inside. He's able to do his kind of transformer thing to make himself thinner, and he plunks inside. He can only be there about 15 minutes. All right. I think that's long enough to get him across undetected. Okay. But we have to hurry. All right. I'm going to share now. Uh, I'm going to show you what you're looking at using the wonders of technology. <laughs> using the wonders of the internet. <laughs> it's really nice. Okay. Do you see that? Ooh. Yep. Isn't this nice? So look here. I can, I can like move Nesbit. Can you see him moving as I move? Him? Yeah. Oh. Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Goth cosplay Nathan Fillion. <laughs> yes, but where are we okay. in relation to this thing now? So you are not on the dam. You're still in the woods at Next the edge of the forest, approaching the dam. Right. What do you? All right, well, let's see if we can draw out the vampire lady. So I will march out of the forest, bidding my companions to follow, and I will yell, Hello, vampire lady! It's me, Kyle! Come out! Here I am! Yeah, I think I fooled her! I've come back! I don't know why you needed a spell. That was perfect. That was absolutely who. This is Kyle. This is totally Kyle. Okay, so you step forward, disguised as Kyle. Yep. Oh, and I'm I'm going to I'm going to whisper at him. <laughs> the lisp, the lateral lisp. 
So, okay, let's do a what is a deception check here? A dece- Come on, that was perfect. Uh, my deception check uh, is uh, 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 um, uh, it was extremely high. It was oh, it was it was twenty uh, 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 twenty four. Okay, so you step forward. She was perfect. <laughs> uh, the there are so there are three guards that you can see. There's two vampire wannabe gods that are standing by the door, and there is a there is another one at the at the edge. This kind of goth cosplay Nathan Villian kind of looking guy uh, who is holding a crate. Approaching you is one of the Yargaliches. It races toward you and slams down on the ground in front of you. And it looks at you and it says, um, Kyle? Yes! (laughs) Are you all right? Yes! (laughs) Can I be the boss lady? She's told us that we gotta bring you to her. Can my friends come too? Your friends? What are you guys doing? We're kind of we're trying to hide behind a tree. Lurking. We're lurking behind and smiling insipidly and waving <laughs> in a friendly way. I am hyperventilating behind a shrubbery. <laughs> <laughs> yes, come here. They're here to help. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I want you to just. So I'm going to say you all approach. Is that? Yes, okay? that's fair. Sure. That is fair. I have to hold Rue up because she's shaking with laughter, but. <laughs> I may have beat my pants a bit. <laughs> so, um, a seal. Hey. The bag is rustling uh, at your hip. The little uh, bag is rustling. Right. Oh, like it's moving around? Yeah. Oh. Hit it. I hit it. <laughs> <laughs> this little hand or this finger reaches out through the top of the uh, bag of holding and beckons you to come closer to the <laughs> to the, to the, uh, to the bag. So I, I hold the bag up to my ear. So from the bag, you hear a little voice kind of whispering, Um, that is Sweet Cheeks. He always brought me um, extra linseed oil when my wood was kind of cracked. He's actually a pretty decent guy for a murderer. <laughs> make, but make sure you call him Sweet Cheeks. Tell that to him. Tell that to... What's his name? Amic? That dude. Make sure he knows that that my is is his name. Cause I always called him Sweet Cheeks. Right. Um. Now we're right in front of Sweet Cheeks. <laughs> to find a way to communicate this subtly. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet Cheeks is. Uh... Ah, Kyle. Is this your friend, Sweet Cheeks, of whom you have spoken so highly so often? I say. <laughs> What the uh, hell? Sorry, my bad, my bad. 
How does Vessel know that? Vessel? No, no. I don't. I don't. <laughs> okay, that, I don't. That was just Phil. I don't. But that is, that is in fact, what I say. Vessel just uh, overheard it and was relating it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amic, you've, I'm been sorry. Given, you've been given some information. But well, I, think, I, think, I think we need to do another deception check based on <laughs> the... Keystone copishness of, of what just occurred. <laughs> so, uh, can you can you roll uh, a seal? Can you roll a deception check for me? I can. Yes, I can't remember. I've rolled a four, and where, <gasps> and my modifier is a one five. <laughs> so, sweet cheeks is standing there. He's actually quite happy to see his old friend, someone who he thought maybe he would never see again. But as you lift the bag of holding up to your ear, his eyebrow sort of arches and he's like, Hey, I think I recognize that little voice. Sweet cheeks, I say! Chief, Chief, uh, you, uh, you must, Chief, holding me prisoner, and that Chief cloned me and put me in the bag. You must kill her to save me, sweet Chief. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. It's, 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 did I fool him? Um, he, he actually, like, let's solve this right now. He's like, no disrespect to you, but I think that maybe something isn't right here. And he reaches out his big gorilla hand to give you a, a pat, like he has done so many times, rubbing oh. linseed oil on your back. And his Damn hand. Damn it, seal, you wreck everything. <laughs> and he's like, wait a second. So what the second he touches me on the back. The second he touches me on my back, I'm casting. Uh, I'm casting. Fi- uh, uh, no, we're rolling for initiative. Whispers. <laughs> no, rolling for initiative. <laughs> Everybody, roll for initiative. Uh, damn it! Damn it, a seal. So, Rue, what'd you roll? Oh, sorry. Hold on. I need to put my. It's going to be bad. It's three plus whatever this terribleness is. It's going to be so bad. Three plus three is six. Oh, no. Oh, no. Amic? Ten. Damn. <laughs> Vessel? I also am going on six. Holy crap. A seal? <laughs> Seven. <laughs> this is Holy the Shit. We're going to get killed by the helicopter gorilla. This is just bad news all around. Uh, Kapitch, he'll save you. Come on, Kapitch. I forgot you were here. Kip- <laughs> well, uh, Kapitch rolls, a, he rolls an 11, which is a 14. So that is not great. Oh, yeah. Okay, Guys, guys, where's our initiative? <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be like this, is it? Here's the thing. Nesbit goes first. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want Nesbit to do? Uh well I would like Nesbit to to fly up to Sweet Cheeks' propeller and just hang on to the propeller and stop it from moving oh, as best right. he can. Okay. So that should slow him down so at least he can't fly at us and maybe 
it will cause some other comedic fun. All right, so I'll put I'll put Nesbit there. I'm going to place Kyle up here. A seal, you are relatively close. A Mick Amic, you're right in front of Sweet Cheeks. Great. Capitch. Thanks is- for nothing, Cleric. <laughs> Capitch is over here. Uh, Vessel, uh, where do you picture yourself? I picture myself like I was near the back. I was not anywhere near the front. Okay. <laughs> I'm not in a great spot here for combat. What about you, Rue? Where are you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. I'm usually first to barge in, so okay. anywhere. Listen, yeah. guys, I think I can prevent combat. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> too late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sweet summer child. You're doing such a great job of it so far. Can, can I just... I, I, I'm going to let Kyle out of the bag. <laughs> let the cat out of the bag. Uh, you can do that um, as an action once once your turn comes. Um, <laughs> great. So Goth Cosplay Nathan Fillion uh, notices that things are going awry over here, and he makes a beeline through the door and runs down the stairs. That is his action. I don't like that action. <laughs> There are two other thugs that you can see. They look like they're two generations of the same family. And they both have kind of a sallow blue complexion, which suggests that they probably should eat more vegetables. We'll call them Old Blue and Blue Junior. Old Blue steps out and uh, he's got a crossbow in his hand. And let's see here. He targets, I think he, the, his clear shot is at you, Amic. He's going to take a, he's going to fire a shot at you with his crossbow. A seal, I blame you for all my pain. <laughs> for the record, I've already uh, tagged Nathan Fillion in our Instagram story. I really hope he Woo-hoo. likes it. We love you, Nathan. So old blue, he lifts up his heavy crossbow and he gets you in his sights, Amic. He rolls an 18. Oh, yeah. And he does seven points of piercing damage as the uh, as the bolt flies through the air on a straight line right into your hip. That's got to hurt. First she breaks my heart and then my hip. <laughs> oh, your hip wasn't looking that good in the first place, face it. Yeah, Ooh, bird. The other dude, Blue Junior, he runs around the corner and Rue, he has you in his sights. He's going to uh, shoot you with his crossbow. Oh, shit. Ha! I jump out of the way. <laughs> he rolls a natural 20. <gasps> I do not jump out of the way. I jump oh. into it. Oh, no. This is the worst. Oh, Rue, why are you jumping into it? I know. I should never do calisthenics. Okay. He rolls... A natural 20, which means he does 7, 15, Stop rolling. 17 points of piercing damage. Ow. Ow. Wait, what kind of damage? Oh, I have- piercing damage, but you haven't Ooh. had your chance yet. You haven't-, I haven't done anything. So he comes around the corner. You see uh, him kind of do this little Aikido roll 
from behind the large hulking figure of the Yargalich. He gets you in his eye and in one smooth motion, his, his hat kind of flying off the top of his head, revealing his very greasy, stringy, balding head of hair. He blasts you with the, um, the crossbow bolt and have not having entered rage, it strikes you hard in the right in the stomach. Oh, if I wasn't raging before, I'm raging now. I hate this guy. All right, it's Kapitch's turn. Kapitch leaps into the air and tries to do his patented murder hornet move and rolls a two, unfortunately. Oh, it's going to be that kind of night, is it? Yeah, it was not good, but he has, um, yeah, that's, that's sad. And from inside, <laughs> this is going to be a long night. Inside, inside the the bag of holding, you hear, you hear Kyle go. If I was outside of the bag, it would be my turn in the initiative order. But um, <laughs> yeah, hang in there, Amic. It's your turn. Now. Don't worry, I'll let you out in a second. I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> okay. If I Amic. had my way, I say as I prepare my spell. He'd be in a coat with two stuffed animals and we wouldn't be getting massacred. And then I cast Witch Bolt on uh, Sweet Cheeks. Okay. Uh, and I I critically fail with a one. And I'm quietly seething, thinking oh. it was his bad acting that got us in this fight in the first place. Fancies himself a bard. <laughs> the warlock, the critical fail. <laughs> Oh shit! So you you step forward. The Yargalich is looming above you. Uh, he takes a little kind of lean back, and the setting sun maybe catches you in the eye, and your aim is off. It rockets over his shoulder and impotently um, crackles on the edge of the um, smokestack looming above. Awesome. He is going to attack you. Unfortunately, he's going to. He has three attacks. So <laughs> one, he's going to swipe at you with each arm, and then he's going to try to bite you. So, well, Nesbit is on his propeller. If that helps me at all. Um, well, I think as you described it, you were trying to stop him from flying, right? I guess so. <laughs> so he rolls a critical fail on his first swing. So he, he swung, he's like, ha ha, you think you can do that? I can do that too. And then a two on his second swing. He's like, oh, come here, you slippery little. And then maybe it's because your, uh, your disguised self is still dissipating. And with his bite, 19. Oh, yeah. So he does seven points of piercing damage. Whew, whew. And he chomps down onto your shoulder. Ooh. Ow. Okay, Asil, you're up. I say, sweet cheeks, wet. And I open the bag. <laughs> okay. You open, so you use, I'm going to say this is a rather simple action that uh, will only take a bonus action. So you very quickly kind of just turn the bag inside out. Right. And Kyle spills out as does um all the stuff that you were keeping in there but there is kyle and he's like thanks sister ah we'll show these guys now what are you gonna do with your action oh well if he wants to show these guys then we'll show these guys 
Okay. So I'm going to uh, take out my crossbow and shoot at the younger one that looks like the other one. The one that, that just shot at Rue. That's right. So I have, I have a clear shot, I think. Go for it. Crossbow, engage, 14. Uh, that just hits. So you hit Blue Junior. Yeah. Right on. All right. You dump out Kyle. He skitters around and, and uh, lands on his feet doing his little transformer thing. You, in the same motion, bring up your crossbow and aim it at Blue Junior. The crossbow boat is like on a laser towards him. What damage do you do? Six. Six. Okay. You strike Not him. Six. Six. No. <laughs> Though he's a little bit, little bit disappointed. Just. Thought <laughs> he maybe had a chance. All right, yeah, you strike him full on right in the uh, right in the kneecap, and all thoughts of maybe asking you out for coffee go out the window. <laughs> Rue, you're up. All right, so that blue junior is the one who hit me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I definitely am in a rage because that ticked me off. Okay. Get him now while his kneecap is damaged. I certainly will. So I'm gonna go rush up to him. I'm. I've done this. I've given you a little token that shows that you are in full rage. See that? Rawr! Raging! Rawr! Totally raging. I'm point, get him with the pointy end. Okay. Um, so Kraken's eyelash into his eye socket. Um, okay, so 1d8 in the thing. Ooh, 19 plus 7 means I hit him. Oh, for sure. And then five plus two is 12 hits of damage. Boom. You come at him. He sees the, th- are you going to zap him with extra lightning? If you- <gasps> can I oh, still- wait, no, you no, can't. No, no, so I can't you can't because he used your bonus action to go yep, into yep, range. Yep, yep, yep. So you reach forward, but still you are at the head of this Nimbus cloud uh, roaring towards him, you nail him with your rapier right through the chest. The only thing stopping it from going through his entire body is his shoulder blade on the other side. Mm-hmm. You pull it. You pull it out. He, uh, there's a gush of blood. He's definitely bleeding. He's not looking good. <laughs> Great job. And uh, once again, these guys—he's not a vampire. No, fully not a vampire. But just so, just so a weaselly goth. Yeah, right. Um, He he looks at you and says, Taru, he's like, "Uh, sorry, I don't know what your name is, but like, there might have been a chance with me and your um, angel friend, but now that you've stabbed me, that is off the table. (laughs) (laughs) Vessel, you're up. All the looks of a vampire and none of the actual powers. Losers. (laughs) I am going to walk just a little bit past. I'm, I'm going for sweet cheeks here. He's the big guy. I'm the big guy. Big guy to big guy. And I'm going to uh, engage my long blade and uh, swing it once and then stab him in the chest. Go for it. 17. That totally hits. Nice Woo! job. You nailed it. Okay. The first hit on sweet cheeks. And we're getting it for six damage. Six damage? Slash. So you, all right. You step forward and whoosh, your arm blade glinting in the setting sun. You cut deep into his leg. All right. Um, are you going to use action surge or any any of your uh, dice to create an effect or anything like that? Uh, no, not at this time. Okay. 
Great. So uh, that brings us back to the top with Nesbit. So Nesbit is is going to uh, uh, aid my next attack <laughs> uh, uh, by attempting to confuse Sweet Cheeks by just sort of whispering random facts in his ear. Do you know that um, the, 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 the the random things that I can't even think of now? Things he read in the library over the years. Yeah, just random library things. Okay. So that will be his bit. Old Blue, who fired an arrow off uh, n- near the top of things, he's going to just step forward and... Uh, Kapitch is the one that he has the best shot at, so he's going to aim his crossbow at him. 19, and he hits Kapitch, and he does six points of bludgeoning damage. Uh, Sorry, piercing damage. Kapitch is swung around by this crossbow bolt as it strikes him in the back shoulder. And moving on, Blue Jr., not happy that you are raging in front of him. He's going to take a swing at you, Rue. Damn it. But he's uh, he's attacking you with his uh, with his mace, which means he has two attacks. So his first one is a twenty. Ugh. Ah! And his god damn it, I keep falling off the table. Oh, and his second one is a natural fail. Yeah. So it was a dirty twenty on the first one. So don't worry, it could have been worse. Uh. <laughs> and he does eight points of bludgeoning damage as it comes down, which I it's think is tough. four. Be- because of your rage. Kapitch is going to take another swing at Sweet Cheeks. Kapitch is clicking and uh, Morris coding his way in his uh, native tongue. Um, it sounds like a battle cry, but it also could just be him breathing. You don't know. Flea talk. So here he goes. Easily hits the Yargalich. And he does... Five points of slashing damage. And he's going to add on. Okay, so this is new. As a devotee, as someone who is sworn to the Sanguine Lord, Pitch decides that this is a good time to employ his paladin-esque smite skills. And is going to add a divine smite to the blow that he strikes against the Yarkalich. I love a good... you join the game, bug. (laughs) (laughs) I love a good divine smite. Nothing more satisfying. (laughs) Um... Unfortunately, I have to bring up his character to roll that. So just la 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 la, talk among yourselves. And meantime, we all chant, Kapitch, 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 Kapitch. And we, we take a little water break because we're thirsty. Ugh, water, water. Stay hydrated, everyone. <laughs> so he does another nine damage on top of it. The glaive arcs through the air. He strikes him hard, but there is a blast of radiant light that singes the hair on the Yargalich's back. And you see it sort of corsicate down his back like a static cloak of electricity. And he does additional nine points of damage. And now it is Kyle's turn. Go, Kyle. 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 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Kyle's like, oh, hey, guys. Um, Sorry to do this. Thanks for the linseed oil, sweet cheek. And I mean that in a nice way. And he 
let's go with a Lancing Bolt attack. So he rolls an 18 and he hits him hard. The ballista releases this harpoon-like object, which races through the sky and slams into the chest of the uh, of Sweet Cheeks. Ooh. And it does, does 14 points of damage. And that isn't enough. Another bolt kind of rotates around. Almost like it's on this, uh, like a swivel. Another loaded ballista spins around on uh, on Kyle's back. And he says, like I said, really sorry, but I got new friends now. New friends who don't want to make copies of me to destroy the known universe. And he rolls a 26. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Kyle. Good lord. Um, 19 points of damage. Jesus, I think we're just going to let Kyle do the fighting right now. Why are we even playing this game? Why are we <laughs> well, here's the thing. Now that he's fired, I have to roll a d6 to see if he breaks. Oh, oh. Breaks? Yeah, well, remember how at the remember in the last episode he was hiding in the woods? Um, yeah, it's because when the Yargalich uh, initially attacked, he tried to fight, but he broke. Oh no! I think the stupid thing could mention this. <laughs> he's kind of shy about that, but he's fine. He's fine this time. Oh yeah, okay. All right. So next up is you, Amic. Uh, all right. So uh, I will hold my rod of the pack keeper in the air and meet uh, 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 Sweet Cheeks, glare at him eye to eye, and in his ears he'll hear the words, You're ugly, and your mother dresses you funny, and you (laughs) smell like monkey poo, casting dissonant whisper. Uh, so he must make a wisdom save, um, possibly disadvantage because my familiar is also filling it with crazy factoids. All right. Okay. We'll do that. All right. So he rolls a 17 and a seven. And thus his brain bursts with 15 points of psychic damage and he must flee me. He must try to get away as far as he can because I've upset him with my cruel, taunting whisper. Okay. So cruel. That was amazing, Amic. You annoyed him to death. Amic, you guys, you guys see Amic. He does this little like finger, come here, come here. And Sweet Cheeks, super confident, leans down, offering Amic his ear. You whisper your horrible incantation into it, and you all see Sweet Cheek's eyes widen in fear, and and it starts to back away from him, completely terrified. Wow. What did you say to him? It was cruel and nasty, but my tongue is sharp when unsheathed. Can you tell me again? He's trying to get away from you, right? He must get away. He must use all his movement to get as far away from me as he can. Okay. On his next turn, I guess. Well, but if he's passing through, then we would get an opportunity attack, right? Uh, you would, yes. So uh, so he's going to try so to I leave. I think it's supposed to happen on his move, though. 
yeah, his action uh, and his move. Uh, he's due up now in the initiative. So Oh, he's due up next. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's right after oh, oh, you. So as he steps away, Amic, uh, Kapitch, and Vessel, you all have an um, opportunity attack here. Well, I will Eldritch Blast him as he runs. Okay, try to hit him. Uh, 22. Oh, yeah. And the damage is 10. Okay. So he's trying to back away. You see him move, the terror in his eyes. You give him reason to be afraid as the Eldritch Blast leaps out from your fingers and basically removes all of the fur from the front of his body. Vessel, what are you going to do? I am, once again, I'm going to take his, try to take his leg off. Okay, go for it. Um, with my arm blade. Um, I rolled a 14. That hits. Which gives me, uh, actually, it's a 14 plus 6, so I have a 20. Okay. 30, 20, so nice. I rolled that to hit. And uh, for damage, we have uh, 13. How do you want to kill him? <laughs> well um, done. His leg flies off as though it was not even attached. <laughs> and somehow, through the strange laws of gravity, it hits him in the head, <laughs> dousing him in his own blood <laughs> as he dies. All right. Blue Jr. and Old Blue both cry out with more seriousness than the phrase sweet cheeks has ever been uttered in all <laughs> human, human history. Sweet cheeks! No! All right. Asil, you're up. All right. It looks like Nathan Fillion, that that goddamn goth, Nathan Fillion, is hiding far away over there, isn't he? No, he's gone. He he went inside. Oh, he went away. All right. I thought he was still on the stairs. I am going to unleash a psychic weapon, which I have a 60-foot range, so I'm going to... Who's further away? Old Blue. Okay. I'm going to run over there. I'm going to run down and where I can see him. <laughs> okay. And I am going to conjure a spiritual weapon in the shape of a <gasps> big mallet. <laughs> there it is. Doing I had that ready for you. You had a large <laughs> mallet waiting. I did. I did. I always have a mallet waiting for you. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm so sorry. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> and I... And I I roll a 13. You roll a 13? Oh, I'm not sure that hits. Shite. No, it does. No, absolutely it does. Oh. I apologize. Yes, it hits. Right. And the damage is 8. Okay. So you can cast Spiritual Weapon with your bonus action. You still have an action. Ooh. Well, then uh, yeah. I'm going to throw a dart at him. Nice. Okay. Go for it. And my dart is a 23. Oh, damn. Was it like, wasn't that a natural 20 plus stuff or 19 it plus stuff? It was a 20 plus stuff. Ouch. So you <laughs> so you rolled a 20 and there was stuff on top of it? That's right. So that is a critical hit. Woo! Which means you, which means you roll the D4, I believe, for the dart twice, and then you add, so it's double damage plus your modifier. Uh, which is a five. Oh, wait. Total five? Yeah. Great. And you rolled it, you rolled it, um, see, the one thing about D&D Beyond is um, it will assume that it's a single attack. If you're rolling a critical hit, it won't roll the dice twice. Oh, it, yeah, it did uh, uh, one D4 plus one, and it was supposed to be two, two right. D4. Oh, it's Okay. I have I have the virtual dice thing in Google, so I'll do that. 
Okay. So two D4 plus one? Yeah. Well, you already have five, so just roll another D4 once. Oh, okay. So that's uh, seven, and I and I add the one for an eight. How do you get seven on a D4? Oh, sorry. I rolled two D4. <laughs> <laughs> cheating! That's how. Good old-fashioned cheating. Well, uh, yeah. I support this message. Oh, that <laughs> method of playing d and I understand. That would be a two with less creative right. mathematics. It's <laughs> all good. So another two damage. You you look you look almost ninja esque as you flip around here. Your dart you maybe throw it underhand and it starts below the level of the barrels that are in front of you, but rockets up on this high arc and lodges itself into his neck, striking critically. That is a brilliant shot. Well done, Asil. Thank you. And he spins round and round as he's dying, just spraying blood everywhere in 360 degrees. He's like a blood sprinkler. Exactly. You've done really well. (laughs) As he's spinning, he looks up at Sun and he says, Junior, remember, dude, if we survive this, we're going surfing this weekend, you and me, man. And he does a little hang ten as he's spinning around, the blood launching from his carotid artery. And I say, oh, goth surfers, they're the worst. <laughs> the worst. They are the worst. I don't feel bad about killing these guys at all. Oh. Rue, channel your rage. What are you oh. going to do? I need to kill this blue junior super surfer goth dude punk. All right, here we go. Just wants to hang out with his son. I don't know. 16 plus 5 is 21. Nailed him. 13 damage. Plus, I get to hit with my other hand because reasons. Oh, not so good on the other one. 7 plus 5 is 13 to hit. That hits. Woohoo! 8, 9, 10. So you kill him. Oh, but do I? You really do. <laughs> um, it is glorious. <laughs> How do you do it? Uh, we sh- get shiv him with the pointy end on my rapier, and then what is this other? What is this weapon? I just have like this arsenal. What is Moradin's comfort? What is even that? That is the blade that you found that was identified by the fleas. Amazing! So this is its inaugural run. Mm, it's I like made it. in voyage. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just kind of kiss it before I just like hack and slash, and it's like <laughs> it's a good one. I'll have another. <laughs> Um, my best for Chris Hemsworth voice um, and say hang 10 that asshole he's trying to return the hang 10 symbol to his dad over there as he's being pummeled by the spectral mace that's appeared above his head oh can I cut off his hand <laughs> and you cut off his thumb and his and his little pinky as he's doing the wiggle waggle Hang ten, and he looks at you with shock in his eyes, and he says, "Revelana, what the hell are you doing here?" And he falls dead at your feet. What? 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 Bum, bum, okay. What? Wait. Moving on. Do I wait a minute? I'm not ready to move on yet. Vessels Why up? did he call you? Oh, we're still in combat. I thought they were all dead for a moment. No, Vessel, your turn. So we just have old blue left? Yeah. All right. Um, I mutter, I hate using this thing. 
and I draw my crossbow. Okay. And I I drop to one knee. I don't know why, because it's cool. And I fire, aiming for Old Blue's head. Okay. Roll. And eight. You miss, unfortunately. That's why I hate this thing. You can use action surge if you want to try again. Ooh, I will use action surge to try again. All right. This is better. 15. Nice. You hit him. Hooray. One bolt rips past him. He's He kind of instinctually turns aside to let the bolt go by. But having seen his son die, he's reaching out towards him as the uh, as the other crossbow bolt strikes him true. Strikes him true. For nine damage. Nine damage. Okay. All right. You slam into him. It actually makes him stagger back. He's got remorse in his eyes. He has not taken his gaze away from his fallen son. Oh, so sad. So touching. So that brings us to Nesbitt. What's Nesbitt going to do? Uh, I don't know. Nesbitt, um, uh, we'll send a sweater. After. <laughs> I'm going to send Nesbitt after the remaining guy. Okay. To aid me in my next attack. All right. He's going to do like that. Like he's going to stand in front of him and go, woohoo, you can't see, you can't see, woohoo, just dance in front of his eyes. Like two siblings in the backseat of a station wagon in 1978. All right. Getting in his personal space. He's going to take a swing at Nesbitt because it's his turn. He's swinging with his mace. So on his first swing, he rolls a 20. And on his second swing, he rolls a 22. So with two swings of the mace, (laughs) he does 18 points of damage. Killing Nesbitt, I think. I think so. I think Nesbitt only has 10 hit points. Nesbitt, you are a phoenix. You shall rise again. (laughs) Poor Nesbitt. He comes in convinced that uh, nothing's going to happen. You've sent him along and everything always works out. He never gets banished back to the, you know, where is he from? The, from hell, right? He never gets yeah, banished from back hell. to hell. Yeah. <laughs> and the mace clocks him once and as it kills him and as he's disappearing, the second swing comes through the cloud that dissipates in his wake. You did stop him from firing at any of you guys. Kapitch rockets forward and he tries to take a shot now he rolls oh christ he misses badly which brings us to kyle kyle actually runs forward and uh he's like you guys got this i just i gotta say goodbye to sweet cheeks he comes forward he's sort of uh, bailed on you guys in this moment <clears throat> he feels guilty at the death of Sweet Cheeks. And that brings us to you, Amic. Well, I will uh, scream, Vengeance for Nesbitt! And cast Toll of the Dead on Guard Guy. Okay. That's a wisdom save, right? It is a wisdom save. He must beat 15. He rolls a 19. Damn. Maybe he's girded by the death of his son. Maybe he's decided that if he's going to die, he's going to die with uh, dignity and with honor. So he's his chest is out. He drops his crossbow and he pulls out his mace and basically gives a, come here, I'll show you what I've got. And that brings us now to a seal. Oh, good God. Your spectral hammer, your bludgeoning mace of 
angelness is looming above Old Blue's head. Pitch has swooped in and taken a swing. Now it's your turn. Everyone else is dead. I still have my spectral hammer to use. Well, I'm going to hammer with it. Use it. Okay, roll. And my fucking b and Beyond just closed. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Old Blue is looking really determined. He's standing there, legs spread, shoulder width apart. Mace slapping between his hands, back and forth. He's got a, you want a piece of me sort of look in his eye. His son is dead. Sweet Cheeks, who he has many fond memories of looking out over the dam. Had. With, is also dead. Had memories. Had memories. I feel terrible now, but I uh, attack him with a spiritual weapon with the power of 23. Holy shit. Okay. How much damage? That would be 10. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So he's like, bring it on. I'll take you all on. You guys think you're so tough? You guys think you're punk? And <laughs> out of the sky, you're... <laughs> A phantasmo mace cracks him on the skull, slams him into the ground, and he is dead. Well done. Malleted him right down into the ground. <laughs> you malleted him. Hammered him down. Like some kind of strange tent peg. He's so pegged. Tap, 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 tap. <laughs> All right, guys. This is what you got. A few dead guardsmen, father and son. They will now meet in heaven. That's a nice thing to do. Goths don't go to heaven. They're, they're, they're now hanging ten in heaven. Uh, oh, the uh, <laughs> surfer goths, the worst. So Kyle rolls up to you, Rue, and says, Um, Rue, can I talk to you for a second? Um, yeah. I couldn't help but hear um, Blue Junior there. He said... He called you Revelana? Yes, I was wondering about this very thing, too. I say, introducing myself into the conversation. Okay. Subtle, subtle. Amex got his his radar on. I mean, I did Um, hit him a lot, so he could have been very confused. He could have been. Kyle, why did you call Rue? Why did he call Rue Revelana? Well, maybe it's because of your sword. Revelana has a sword just like yours, Revelana. Uh, uh, sorry, Rue. Can I see it? <gasps> um, which one? I have a lot of pointy objects. The rapier one. Wait, wait, wait. <gasps> um, you can look with your eyes, but not with your hands. This is the Kraken's eyelash, and this is a legacy of my father's. This could not be Revelana. Revelana has a sword exactly like that one. <gasps> Hold your gasps. There is no such thing. This, um, this, uh, this belonged to my father. This is an heirloom of my family. I feel that I've trusted you all, and yet you're all filled with secrets. <laughs> I'm not filled with secrets. Kyle, what does Revelana look like? Oh, she's really pretty. She's got this long, uh, long hair. It's like, um, it's like red, and she's got this, like, beautiful, you know, kind of like you, Rue, kind of pe- <laughs> and he stops right there and he's like, holy shit. 
It's not <laughs> just a sword. You're freaking Revelana-ish. <laughs> I, uh, I don't... I haven't been drinking enough for this. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me that I have a a secret identity that I'm not even aware of? <laughs> I don't know nothing, but I think maybe we you should meet Revelina and at at the very least compare barbers. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's something happening here. Rue, isn't it, is it possible that you have a sister you don't know about? <gasps> I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe, but so it's, so it's possible. You know, you can inher- you can have a twin sister with the same color hair, but you can't inherit a sword. Yeah, idiot. Well, what if her father gave them both the <gasps> and with that, we will end today's episode. Bum, bum, bum! <laughs> we made it! <laughs> we did it! Thank you.